Welcome to Innovation at the Edge, a podcast dedicated to bold ideas that will build a more sustainable and resilient world. We interview global thought leaders and discuss what's new in innovation and share insights for both entrepreneurs and corporations to build more agile and resilient businesses. Tomorrow's low-carbon and all-electric world will be created by both disruptive entrepreneurs and large corporations. And this podcast provides advice to both on how to scale their ideas. In this episode, Emmanuel Lagarique interviews Dove Moran and Loden Lefkowitz from Grove Ventures in Israel. Dove Moran is an entrepreneur, inventor of the flash drive and other technologies, and is deeply rooted in the deep tech startup ecosystem in Israel. But the most important term for entrepreneurs is AQ, adversity quotient. How good are you facing adversity, facing hurdles, facing disappointments? facing changing circumstances. And we invest in people where AQ is very strong for them. For people with a good AQ, a situation like this one is actually more opportunity rather than disaster. They explore why startup investments in Israel are increasing while other regions are falling, why the deal flow for deep tech will be larger this year than last year, and why the most important quality in an entrepreneur is their ability to face adversity, disappointment, and changing circumstances. Hi, everyone. I'm Emmanuel Lagaric, Chief Innovation Officer at Schneider Electric, and I'm very pleased and very honored today to have with us Dov Moran and Lotan Lefkowitz of Grow Ventures, founders and, and general partners of Grow Ventures. But before we start, let me remind you who is Dov Moran, for those of you who have forgotten, or maybe for the youngers, the younger ones here. Dov Moran is an inventor, and he has invented many, many things, and one of his invention is something we have all used in our life to exchange information. And I'm sure you still have some of those in your pocket, in a drawer somewhere at home or, or at the office. He's the inventor of the flash drive, of the USB key or the thumb drive, depending on the country you, you live in and, and the name you want to give it. And of other many inventions in mobile telephony and electronics in general. And he not only invented, created those technologies, but he also transformed them into businesses, very successful businesses. So that flash drive story became M-System, which Dove ended up selling for $1.6 billion in 2006. That will be almost $3 billion in, in, in dollars of, of today. So a multi-unicorn. And again, that was in 2006. So so very successful and very honored to have someone like Dove on, on our show. It's it's not every day that you have the opportunity to, to talk to, to someone who has really made an impact on the world. So today, Dove and Lotan are managing Growth Ventures. It's a deep tech venture capital firm in Israel with which Schneider Electric is collaborating. And, and we are investing together with Growth Ventures in the Israeli ecosystem. Very important for Schneider Electric because the Israeli ecosystem, as I always say, is probably the highest concentration of entrepreneurship and, and innovation on the planet, and especially in deep tech and in technologies related to Industry 4.0, which is one of the main focuses of Growth Ventures. So, Dov, Lotan, welcome. Thanks for being with us. So, as I said, Israel has always been a global innovation leader with more startups per capita in Israel than anywhere else in the world, the highest concentration of innovation on the planet, without any doubt. And in the current crisis we, the crisis we are currently living in this pandemic, whereas we saw the money going to new investments in, in startups going down everywhere in the world, minus 10 in the US, minus 20 in, in venture capital investment in Europe, in Israel, 
it increased by more than 40%, reaching an all-time high uh, record in investments in new startups in Israel. What is behind this? Well, generally, generally they say that in such cases, such situations of disasters or unexpected, that's the best time actually to be entrepreneur, to innovate, to be different, to push forward. And you see it as part of the Israeli entrepreneurship spirit that actually look for crises like that as an opportunity rather than just disaster. So what are you hearing from your community, from the Israeli entrepreneurs, Dov? What, what, what do they say? How do they see the future? They are creating more than ever. They see that those opportunities in, in a crisis that you were mentioning. What else do you hear from them? Many of the entrepreneurs are looking at it as an opportunity because entrepreneurship doesn't deal with the hotel industry or entertainment or restaurants or things like that, which really suffer a lot. But there is, they, they work for home is an, an opportunity. Many more servers, more speed, more video are required. Clearly, everything related to health, digital health, RPM, remote patient monitoring, computational biology, all of these are going to get a huge emphasis in our life. And therefore, it's a place for many startups to actually expand their activity or to many new startups to come to the world with new ideas and new concepts. And Dov, so... Not only as an investor today, but, but also as an inventor and, and an entrepreneur. What would you say, what would you tell those, those entrepreneurs today who are facing that pandemic? What would you tell to the Dove Moran of, of 20 years ago? I'll tell him two things which might be conflicting. I'll tell him one thing. There is a crisis. It's always longer than what you plan. Crisis, it seems two, two months. It seems, say, maybe six months. Hey, it will take more time. That's reality. And the second thing, which is more important, crisis will end. Crisis is an opportunity because you may find maybe employees you could not find before. You may have the time to really look at the market situation, to look at the, really how is your product, how does it fit, how is it compared to others, especially in the new circumstances that happen, that are happening. And come out of it stronger than before. I'll add something else which I think we didn't really discuss enough. There is something which is called adversity. We are in adversity situation. Now, when we talk about entrepreneurship and look at entrepreneurs, we are looking actually at three things. Clearly, we ask ourselves, how is the IQ of these entrepreneurs? Now, IQ is important. Is it really important? Hmm... Not so. Clearly, you don't invest in anybody who is stupid, but you, IQ is not the most important subject. EQ is much more important. EQ means the ability to read people, to act with people, to cooperate, to lead, to make people go after you, to find customers, to find investors. But the most important term for entrepreneurs is AQ, adversity quotient. How good are you facing adversity? facing hurdles, facing disappointments, facing changing circumstances. And we invest in people where AQ is very strong for them. For people with a good AQ, a situation like this one is actually more opportunity rather than disaster. 
Interesting, this notion of AQ, adversity caution. I'll keep it, I will use it, reuse it with your permission, uh, Dove. Dove, there is another thing that I've heard you say that we have to be ready for surprises, right? which is probably so relating to this AQ that you, you mentioned. Any personal experience of surprises in your, in your life as an, an inventor and entrepreneur and any similar situation that you faced and how you, you went through it? My life is a long list of surprises, disappointments, and failures. Finally, it's okay. But there were many of them in my life. And that's the reality of entrepreneurs and startups. At M-Systems, we grew in our last five years in revenues, $45 billion in 2001, and over a billion dollars of revenues in 2006. It's 24 times in five years. Every quarter of these five years, we had a surprise. We had disappointment. Something very bad happened to us. I was sure that, hey, we are going to terminate or suffer a lot, even at this very, very good five years. So that's life of entrepreneurs and life of a top manager that needs to go through these cycles and disappointments and be strong. Dov, how is it impacting deep tech. Do you see new fundamental technologies appearing or being accelerated by these lockdowns and pandemic we've been living through? So clearly, there is a huge impact on the startup that are dealing with consumers. But if you look at deep tech, if you look at semiconductor, if you look at cloud infrastructure or artificial intelligence, I think that the activity is there. Very few things really disappeared or, or were hurt by the pandemic situation. But moreover, I have believed in, in something which is different of, <laughs> of anybody else. I do believe that in six months, in about six months from now, you will see more companies, more startups, deep-tech startups, more ideas coming. Because the fact that people are sitting at home, even if they work at large companies or do whatever they do, they can raise ideas. They don't travel abroad. They don't go to restaurants. I do believe that this will cause a phenomena that six months from now, maybe a year from now, you will see more ideas in deep tech, in, in, uh, in the real stuff, real, real difficult stuff, from uh, many people that are actually creating those, those ideas at these days. So my belief is that we'll see more push toward the deep tech activities. Yeah, this is an interesting point. So we'll see in six months. I can have a bet with you, Emmanuel, that six mm -hmm. months from now, the deal flow for deep tech will be larger than the one a year before. That's a bet. It's a force for good, it's a for, force for growth. And definitely, it's a, it's a hopeful message that we, we all want to believe and follow. And I think I'm with you, uh, Dov, and, and we all have experienced a different life over the last six six months where we, for people like, like the three of us, which... We used to travel a lot where we have more time available or we use our time differently. And actually, we'll probably work more, much more. And yes, well used, that time can, can generate a lot of creativity. So yeah, if you think about uh, deep tech entrepreneurs, what you say makes, makes a lot of sense. Talking about, about that, about traveling and, and all this a lot of time. So, so typically, Israel, as, as we said, is the highest concentration of innovation on, on, the, on the planet with a lot of entrepreneurs. But 
a small market. So, so naturally, all the, the Israeli entrepreneurs are seeking to expand their companies in the US or, or, or in Europe, typically, or in other parts of the world. And, and that involves a lot of travels. And that also involves to be able to operate remotely from Tel Aviv. You, know, you generally have a big development team in Tel Aviv and, and a few commercial or executive people on the west coast of the US, for instance, and that's how many uh, Israeli startups operate and grow and flourish, right? So, so the fact that nobody has been traveling and that that was kind of a normal life already, this remote working for Israeli startups, has it been a factor of trends? So the answer is yes. I think that today, it's, uh, if Israel used to have this problem of we have to travel more than others to get to our customers, when everybody's stuck at their home and working mainly from Zoom, now we're even. We have all the opportunities like everyone else. I think on the other hand, Israel in the last few years became a real heaven for everyone that wants to deal with innovation. It used to be like many, many years ago, only very technology-only oriented companies. In the last few years, we saw from any other field, Schneider Electric, for example, you guys have done an amazing job in Israel and visiting every once in a while, people are going to start thinking maybe you're almost Israeli company. But seeing you guys, understanding your needs and understanding how your view and your world looks like actually supports innovation and supports all the process of understanding the big needs of the world. Today, at more difficult time, as entrepreneurs have to understand their customers without actually visiting their facilities, seeing them eye to eye. But then again, this is the new normal. And I think that Israelis have been very successful in the past, improvising and doing the untrivial things. So yes, I think it's a challenge for everyone, but I think that for Israeli entrepreneurs, it might be a bit, they have a bit better starting point because they're used to this situation even before. Okay. And this is why also they are now more creative and as Dov was saying, we will probably see a lot of new ideas and new technologies and new startups popping up in Israel in the next six months. Israelis always had two problems. One, the local market was always too small. And second, we couldn't do the trivial things because our economy was a bit too small. So A, for the first problem, we had to be global from day one. And for the second problem, because we couldn't just go to the mainstream economy uh, paths of every MBA grad, they have to do, be, do other stuff. Like Dov did amazing thing with his company, but he really changed the world. I don't think he had any other choice of like just doing the normal things. It wouldn't uh, get him that far. Yeah, I agree. And and what we're hearing from him is that we'll probably have more Dov Morans down the road coming up soon in, in, in Israel or in other parts of the world. So now let's let's look at the the companies in your portfolio, the entrepreneurs who have already started their company one year, two years ago, because you guys invest in deep tech and, and a rather early stage or three years ago. So those people had a, a business plan and a growth plan. And, and what is the impact of that pandemic for, for, for them? Because not everything can be good there. So, so they would have to, to go into crisis mode, managing their cash. So Lotan, what, what type of advice do you, do you give them? How do you help them? So I think like many people in the world, the beginning of this year was a bit confusing. So like every other fund that is very involved in our portfolio, we did this like triage mode. We worked with all the founders, understanding the cash in the bank and the plans ahead. And we are very happy to say that now a few months in, all our companies that found a way to fund themselves, we invested some more money, some of them raised more money, and they have all the money, all the cash internally to go through 2022. The second thing that we did after that is to understand who is who is this new zoo, uh, understand where are the customers, what is the new go-to market, 
how to manage your workforce within this like new work from home method. Luckily, startups are more agile. And I think that now we're starting to understand how the new normal looks like. So from our portfolio, because they're targeting different geographies and different sectors, each one has his own different situation. But we do see that companies have already started to flourish and already started to figure out how this new method is going to look like. So we actually, we, are, we feel very lucky with our portfolio that we can make sure that all the good companies in our portfolio are doing very well. And we're very optimistic about uh, their next few years ahead. So if we take a step back now as investors, so Lotan, you try to, to read the future for when the crisis will, will be over. We don't know exactly when, as, as Dov was saying, it's probably going to be longer than, than we all think. Will you change your, your investment thesis? Will you look at different companies? Will you invest differently? When we started Grove uh, Ventures about five years ago, we had this like thesis of the world is going digital, about digital transformation. And I think that no many people like a question that is going to happen eventually. I think what happened with COVID is that everybody just accelerated uh, their thinking process and are faced with the reality that digital transformation is not luxury. It's a must. We believe that processes that we thought it going to happen, like digital transformation of supply chains, everything we see in the energy sector, thing that we have believe that going to happen in a digital health uh, market, just what, what we thought going to take seven years Maybe going to take four or five. Today, you see a lot of industrial, at least that's our experience at Schneider Electric, industrial customers who are struggling to, to reopen their manufacturing operations, which they, they have done by and large, but they want to do it with new rules, with contact tracing, social distancing, making sure that, that people... So did you see an impact on, on automation technologies, Rotan? I think that what, what we are seeing is, that we, yes, we do see an impact. I think that customers in this domain especially the more traditional ones, been successful for many decades by not changing a lot, but keep doing what they're doing best and keep doing it all the time. What we are seeing now that because they have to change, so they said, if you're going to adopt a new solution, we should better do it right this time. So all the technologies that already been out there that entrepreneurs trying to pitch for many years, now it falls in a more receptive way in the customer side. I think now that there the importance of good sensing, of good information, of good flow, the importance of having digital system to manage all your workforce, all your manufacturing floor, all your supply chains are a must. And I think that customers have their ears more open than before to the startup messages. So yes, we see it and not all the geographies behave the same and not all the customers behave the same, but I think that the ones that already been out there and already have the right customer relations actually see a bit of accelerations in their sales cycle and adoption cycles. So Dove, as, as we were saying, we have been working a lot with, with Grow Venture in one of the major transformation that General Electric is, wants to be part of, which is the digitization of, of processes, industrial processes, and building automation, industry automation, and so on and so forth. But very recently, you announced that uh, another person we admire at Schneider Electric, Lior Handersman, who was one of the founders of SolarEdge, is going to leave his executive functions at SolarEdge and join Grove Ventures. So for those who are not experts in, in the solar industry, so if you live in the US, in the Netherlands, in Italy, in Australia, in the UK, and you have solar panels on your, on your house, that little box, that inverter that converts the energy coming from your solar panels into electricity you can use in your house, that box that inverted is probably from SolarEdge. SolarEdge is today the larger manufacturer of solar inverters. 
in the world by far, probably twice as big as the second in that in that sector, uh, founded almost 20 years ago by by five very successful Israeli entrepreneurs, and Lior was one of them. So now, after that success, he's now joining Grow Ventures. Is that a message that you are also going to look at uh, energy and the energy transition, which is the other big transformation Schneider Electric want to be part of? Well, clearly, a lot of innovation should be done as well at energy. I think that the fact that we are still transferring electric in the old ways, things has to be changed. By the way, I'm still looking for somebody who make an energy source, a battery with 1,000 kilowatts, whatever, keeps forever, a small uh, you know, nuclear in a small box that would give actually power with no limitations. Still didn't happen. One of the days, somebody would come with the idea and approach how to do it correctly. But yeah, energy is is important. Science is important. We are looking at things that are happening in science, physics, chemistry. This is one of our uniqueness in Israel. It's long-term issues, but we are not afraid of that. And Emmanuel, you know that when you invest at Grove, the concept was that we, you know that we are going to invest in things that... It would take time for them to really uh, create huge success stories. And yeah, Leo is a great addition to that. He's an amazing person. And he has the right mind, the right experience, and the right approach. So yeah, it's a wonderful addition to us. What's the recipe for success, for, for a good collaboration between a venture a firm like, like you guys and a corporate, com- a corporate like us? What, what, is, what are the pitfalls we should, uh, we should avoid? I think that the first thing that maybe sounds trivial, but it's not, it's people need to to learn how to listen. I think that companies like Schneider are very brave in, in in the fact that they talk about their needs, they talk about their challenges, and they don't give the message about everything is okay and we're always going to be the best in the world. Schneider is a big company. It's harder for it to change, but startups are very lean. They're, they can nimble, they can change, they can pivot, and they need to listen what Schneider needs and they can find the right connection points with them. What would be the advice you would give to an entrepreneur of a company, early stage, late stage, or the CEO of a larger company these days, when it comes to innovation to create new things? Is it a good time really to do that? In these days, specifically for these days, is uh, be humble, listen a lot, as Lotan mentioned before, build a good team. I think a team and people are the most important stuff. People first. You know, this is one of our values. People first in anything that you are doing, in the way you create your team, in the way you talk with your customers, in the way you build relations with investors, always be in the mind of people first and creating value. Create real value. Don't waste your effort, your time, your money, whatever, on something which practically has no value. If you create value, the world, people like you, like Schneider, people like us, would find the way to support you, to let you move forward and make things which are good for everybody. So if you have it in your mind, still, it's a long way, difficult way, but you can do it. Thank you. So, Lotan Levkovitz, Dov Moran, th- thank you very much for your time. So we learned a lot of things today, not only about the Israeli ecosystem and how resilient and flourishing it is in, in these uncertain times, but also a few lessons and, and recommendations that probably can be used for everything we do in life, especially this adversity caution that you, you talked about and that, after all, everything is about 
about people. Thank you very much. Great to see you today. Uh, Dov, uh, Latan, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Emmanuel. So glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Innovation at the Edge by Schneider Electric. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. If you like this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. For more information on the Innovation at the Edge program at Schneider Electric, go to se.com slash ventures or follow us on LinkedIn. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be undertaken as financial, economic, legal, business, tax, or investment advice. The information, statements, views, and opinions should not be construed as the provision of advice by Schneider Electric or as an offer to buy or sell any products or services or to make or consider an investment or course of action.